Welcome back to the 7pm Cafe Podcast. Today is a new episode and a new guest. We have today Claudia Odo. We are connecting through Zoom from New York to the island of Hawaii. Claudia works at Pandora Music as an audience marketing manager. She is a Brooklyn native. She identifies as a tricultural and she will let us know why on the episode. She will talk to us about her work in Pandora Music and she also works at Music Choice. So go grab your coffee, your tea, your favorite drink and listen. Welcome to the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Today we are connected to the beautiful island of Hawaii. Or so I seen, oh I heard because I haven't visited yet. <laughs> But we are connected through Zoom from New York to Hawaii with our beautiful guest Claudia Odo. Welcome Claudia. Hi, thank you for having me <laughs> and happy Aloha Friday. <laughs> Claudia is a tricultural Brooklyn native. I'll ask about that later. <laughs> Very interesting detail on how she identifies herself. She has a BA in communications with a concentration in advertising and public relations with a minor in business from San Francis College in Brooklyn Heights here in New York. Claudia currently works at Pandora Music. Her job title is audience marketing manager. We will talk about that later too. Let's talk about first the tri-culture identity. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'd love to dive into that. So I was born and raised in Brooklyn, um, but my mom, she's from Peru, and my dad is from Italy. And they actually um, met in Venezuela, and then they moved to New York, and I want to say like around the 80s. So just growing up, um, I am on the hyphen of these three cultures, you know, being fully and feeling as a New Yorker, Brooklyn girl, I'm very Peruvian and I'm very Italian. So I, I definitely identify with all three all at the same time. Um, so it's, it's a great uh, a mix, <laughs> so to say, of, of good food um, and, and cultures. Yeah, you, you basically have the best of both worlds. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's carb city, like from arroz to like pasta and the bagel. Like, I mean, I got it made. So. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about what made you interested in studying communications, advertising. Yeah, that's a great question. So I originally wanted to do journalism. I wanted to join a music conservatory because I played violin for so long. Um, but given some of like the financial restrictions I had and, you know, what scholarship could I get to what college? I ended up um, getting a partial scholarship to St. Francis College and through that and, and some other help, I was able to go there. And at first I was like, you know, I'll just do the course and I'll maybe, you know, go to another school. Um, but I started, you know, diving into communications and I met some incredible professors who were in the entertainment um, space and the marketing and advertising space, you know, from Dr. Burleth, rest in peace, to, to a couple other folks. And that really inspired me um, 
to, to dive into that. And then the internships really did that for me as well to solidify that I that I really found what I wanted to do. So. Yes, talk to us a little bit about more about the internship. Yeah, I um, to give a little background too, I, I worked with this um, organization, they're called the T. Howard Foundation, and they promote diversity within media and entertainment. And honestly, without them, I, I don't know where I would have gotten my first footing because, you know, my parents, they did not, you know, work in corporate America, they didn't have a chance to go to college. And so, you know, you kind of come into the space and you're, you don't know where to go first. And so you had to, you know, do a couple rounds to interview with T. Howard, and then you get, you know, final, you're in the final talent pool, you have a bunch of companies looking at your resume. And I was interviewing with HBO, and I was able to land my first marketing internship there, um, which was, you know, incredible to, to have jumped into a company like that. And I worked with the HBO Latino team, HBO multi cultural and HBO college team. So I reported into about like seven, eight different folks. They were all brilliant and had an incredible summer there. And their intern program was amazing. Um, And then I also was able to come back and freelance for them my my senior year of college. So I had a lot of great experience over there. Would you tell us since from the start, you knew that you wanted to focus on Latin marketing? I was exposed to like, you know, the Latin music space in that internship a little bit. Um, Overall, multicultural cultural. And I, I always felt, you know, being someone who is multicultural, um, I always felt a organic connection to it, so to say. And so I think it was when I went over to my first role at Music Choice, where I got to dive into that a lot more, um, and more into that space. And then how did you land a Music Choice? <laughs> Oh, that's a, so actually that was through um, networking. I was at a anemic conference. Um, and so I met um, one of, you know, the head of productions out there at that conference. And she told me about this role. So I really wanted it. Um, and I started off and the consumer marketing team, and that was a little bit more broad, you know, it, it wasn't specific to just MC, it was just overall consumer marketing, you know, it's the commercials, the creative that you make. Um, and then we did get to do really cool activations like work with people in Espanol and we activated on Festival and I I did get to work on the Latin space and because it was just again so organic for me to jump into and really own those pieces of of that pie Um, and I had a boss who also was a brilliant and an MC but he leaned on me on a lot of the Latin stuff so that was a great way too for me to get more exposure in the company to to like step up give my ideas and, and so forth so yeah that's kind of how I started on the consumer team and then I ended up also working on the partner marketing team where I managed a bunch of different like clients and and brand partnerships with Music Choice. What's the change that you have seen in the mainstream on those years that you went on Music Choice? Ooh, so much change. Um, I mean, I'm trying to like think back. Um, we what's what's great about the role I had with my partner marketing team is I worked specifically with like clients like the DirecTV's of the world, Xfinity's of the world, who wanted to work um, and reach their multicultural audiences. So that was for um, Black, Latinx, Asian American, LGBTQ plus. That was our co- concentration. Um, and and so because of that, it was um, a focus, for example, going into Latin, like, let's find the right partnerships, the right um, creative we can make, artists. And and I have to say, 
one thing I realize is that sometimes when people don't understand something fully, they don't embrace it fully. And so there was often so many um, meetings or, or and, and conversations I would have to have, you know, with our head of Latin and we'd bring in the deck, we'd bring in the numbers and the pitch and be like, okay, Jay Baldwin is like the global superstar of the world. And we have like X opportunity with him. We want to do this for X, Y, Z reasons. And if folks in the room didn't know who Jay Baldwin was or didn't know much about Latin music, it was a very, difficult pitch to get through. And so we've had a lot of those kind of conversations and we don't always end up winning. And, and it is hard, you know, because you're trying to like push through. It's all for better luck with good, honestly. Like I, there's like that passionate side of it, but it's also, you know, it's in front of us. We see that this this artist is bubbling. And this was before, you know, he had um, the J, the Justin Bieber, sorry, or the Beyonce Mi Gente. And then when those songs come out, you're like, bliss. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we we love to like we're like this is amazing, like um and and we're so stoked to see that. And then it's easier for sometimes some of our colleagues to be like, oh, I get it. Now I see it. Like this is a really huge artist, and not just Latin huge artist, a big artist. Period. And so mm-hmm. that's something. Um, that we still, even to this day, I think within the genre are, are still trying to get, you know, the entire ecosystem to understand more. But, you know, if I go backwards, you know, there was even times I couldn't use the word Latinx, right, in in my in my commercials or my script or or not that I couldn't use it as much as I had to really fight for why did I want to use this term? What was like the numbers behind it? And, and you know, a lot of the times if your colleagues aren't within the culture or don't dive in, you really have to like do the homework to to pitch that to them. And and so um, I'm definitely always passionate about it. And people are open to hearing it out. It's just, you know, taking the time and the patience to to walk them through. But that story is for sure. (laughs) Yeah. What are the challenges that you found before those songs that you spoke about? Well, some of the biggest challenges, I mean, I think it would be the folks who made the shots, right? You know, if they had another artist in mind that they knew or maybe worked with, that would come to mind more and they knew it was more digestible for this like general market, um, whatever that was at the time or defined. But I think we can see now that general market, and I'm using air quotes, um, is a mix of so many genres and sounds now. And we can thank a lot of different artists who paved the way all the way to that, but most recently, like this Vasito, you know, we can, you know, say we know it's overplayed. Like I still love it, but like it's overplayed. <laughs> it made so much noise in in the eco space that everyone, like you couldn't ignore the fact that Latin music is pop music. And now we look at the charts and Bad Bunny is right next to Drake. And we see Osuna bubbling up. We see someone like a Romeo Santos on Pandora, for example, he has like 16 million stations, like artist stations. And I think he has like 17 or 18 million global Instagram followers and Pandora's only US. So that just speaks to the volume of how big Latin music is in this country and just how powerful it is. And it is pop culture, period. Do you feel like having now the streams helps with the numbers so they can see, okay, there are big, like before we didn't have this numbers, social media Mm -hmm. or stuff to like prove that they are big? Yeah, no, I definitely think um, the digital like music space changed the game because radio was more, you know, based on relationships or, or airtime and and radio is great in its own aspect but I think with digital music the consumer the listener is choosing right they're the ones who are going to play that song 20 times or look for that artist or bump it up now it's very democratic and we're the ones who are like saying yes Ebony is our number one artist and and see it all through the numbers because we have that power in the palm of our hands now 
though, for sure. Yeah, so before we move out of music shows, do you have an event that you remember the most from there? Yeah, I mean, um, I, we had really great partners. So I, I know one of my most favorite events was with DirecTV and the Latin Billboard team. So we worked all of us together and we activated on one of the, the Billboard Latin Music Weeks and award show. We did a uh, red carpet. We had, um, so Philly, she's an incredible um, influencer in the space who was working with DirecTV. So I got to meet her and work with her on a music choice activation. And that was an incredible win. Um, we, we, we did a whole program around it. It, music around it, marketing around it. So um, that was one of my, my favorite memories in the Latin music space there. But there's just so many good ones. It's hard to choose. <laughs> Who was someone that you have met in there, like artists that surprised you? Ooh. Oh, that's a great question. So I, I was able to thankfully meet, meet a couple of like my my biggest, like I was a fangirl, sorry. <laughs> I speak about it. Um, but I was able to meet Jay Balvin a few times because he came to the studio and did a couple like interviews for us. And I mean, I, I had my expectations just very like neutral. You know, artists sometimes can be difficult or they're, mm -hmm. they're tired or, you know, whatever. But he was one of the most humble souls, most beautiful souls. He was so polite, so sweet to the staff very very real um he it's not like he wouldn't change off or on camera he spoke to you I think once we awarded him with like a, a cake for getting like the top Latin artist of the year he legit cut a slice for like everyone in the <laughs> studio and was like passing it out and that I mean just little you know no sé, maybe it's just like maybe it's a Latino thing maybe it's just you know there's that warmth in the culture that comes and you just feel like you're at someone's house you're with family and 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 so he was exact the, one of the nicest guys I think uh, one of the nicest artists that we've had so yeah that was a, a pleasant surprise and you know always remember those those moments so we had a lot of great artists come through those doors so yeah <laughs> so you don't have to say a name but there's one that disappointed you um is there one that disappointed me I can't say that there was no I I think Honestly, we're, I haven't been able to, I was working a lot too um, on the Latin artist side at Music Choice and I worked with like, the labels and the publicists because of my colleague who would kind of bring us all in the ecosystem together. They were all very, very sweet, polite people. Like I, I think even in the office, there's was, there was jokes like, oh my God, the Latin artists, like they're like some of the best artists to work with because they're <laughs> just so like, I don't know, um, dedicated. I mean, every every artist has their own amazing um power and talent but there's just something special I must say uh that, that comes with you know being within the latinx culture and, and and that feeling of family that feeling of um of that warmth so no i can't explain it <laughs> if that makes sense <laughs> if there's one that you still haven't that you want to that i that i want to meet yeah oh, um huh that's a great I you know what I love Camilo his his music is so great I'd love to I haven't had the opportunity to, to have worked with him but or maybe meet Bad Bunny again because I, I got to meet him one for a little bit when he was first coming out and I mean he's blown up since so I'd love to hear about how he feels about his journey but it was it was great um had a lot of great opportunity even once um quick side note being one of the only like Latinas in the office there was very unique opportunities that would come up. So we had someone who was out for maternity leave and they needed an interviewer who could speak Spanish for, you know, like Gino y Nacho. And I raised my hand as high as I could. <laughs> Not like there was anyone, you know, who was 
Um, but I, and that was so fun to interview like artists and, and, you know, work with the producer for the prep work and all of that. And they were incredible to work with. I, I don't know if I told them that was my first interview ever, but I pretended <laughs> like it wasn't. And they were just some of the best artists to, yeah, to work with. So <laughs> good memories for sure. So now you are in Pandora, how you got to Pandora. Is this something that came up or you look for it? Um, I, th I think uh, after four years, you know, getting almost a five at MC at Music Choice, I, I was ready for a change and I knew I wanted to go into tech. So I definitely had my antennas out, um, but I did have like a friend who had spoken to me about this role. So um, I, yeah, looked into it and then did all, did all the interviewing all around. And I was really happy to have landed that about two and a half years ago at this point now. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about your job so people can understand more what is it that you do. Yeah, so at, at Pandora Music, I work on the audience marketing team and that is under like the business to business marketing side. So it's more like me thinking of the advertising industry as my audience and my consumers. And so we come to the space as thought leaders and we provide insights um, and just, you know, really build a story around um, certain audiences like, like Latinx, the AAPI audience, Black audiences, Gen Z audiences, and how do you utilize the power of sound and music to really connect with these audiences authentically? And it's great because, you know, you get to be a storyteller, you get to talk about culture, you, you get to tell brands what are some of the best authentic ways that these audiences want to be spoken to. And we dive into, we dive into it deep. You know, we talk about social movements, we talk about identity, we talk about all these intersectionalities. And we bring that to client meetings, conferences, panels. We, you know, work on blog posts. Recently, I was able to, to author an article for Adweek, which was my first Adweek article, which was an amazing opportunity. So um, there's a lot of a lot of that good stuff. And someone once said, you know, data can pick up trends, um, but it can't pick up culture. And so I think that I credit to, you know, AJ, he, he works over at YouTube. Um, Latin and he said that at a panel and that's exactly hitting it on the point we're here to to translate that and to give brands everything they need to to connect with these audiences authentically so what is the difference that you have found between the two companies good or bad well I think definitely from you know going from tv entertainment to tech it's two different worlds and so it's all digital and I think um, it moves at a faster pace and and I love that and there's so many tools tools to, to use for research and analyzing and you can get so lost in the numbers um, and that's such a great resource to have. So I think that's the difference, right, between TV and digital. It's just two different worlds and, and ecosystems. I think that's one of the, the biggest changes. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if, if there's anything. I mean, we can say at every industry, like diversity, like it's, it's never where we want it to be, but especially in tax, not a very diverse landscape. I, I actually looked at the numbers just to like back this up I was like this is what I feel but I'm just trying to make sure that, <laughs> that it's true so you look at like tech and only eight percent of employees are like Latinx right and generally we we're like almost 20% of the U.S. population but only eight percent are, are Latinx in tech and you look at black audiences and they're only five percent of employees in tech and they make up about 14% of the U.S. population so we can see clearly that tech is not a very diverse space but a lot of industries aren't very diverse but I just see it a lot more pronounced here sometimes and I think brands like, you know, ours, Series XM, Pandora, they're definitely making the effort and conscious effort to change that. Do you feel it's still slow the acceptance of the Latin music in the mainstream? 
that's that's a great question. I think um, I think part of my role is to still educate and talk to people about Latin music, which is what I love. It's one of the many facets. So what we do in our um, Hispanic Latinx narratives is we dive into Latin music and we talk about these the power that they hold um, because there's still a lot of brands and companies or people that work in and these brands do that don't know and that's okay and that's why we're here to give them all the numbers and we still I think have to do that work to to educate the the industry even more than that because there, there's still a lot more left to do it's way better than it was a couple of years ago for sure like you know J Balvin is a common household name you hear of Bad Bunny but you know there's new york times articles like written about him and that's great but there's still a lot more work i think we we have to do out in the space to to get everyone to embrace it even more so yeah even if you don't like music like by bunny is a great example because he break through with his spanish music it's not like he had to do the to record in english to like get to the mainstream which is in the beginning that's what the latin music artists felt they had to do so people knew their music exactly no it, and i love yeah like him jay Biden, like they're like no 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 you cross over to us mm-hmm. <laughs> like you want to collab with us and that's what we we're hearing all of these artists speak and sing in spanish i'm like justin bieber to drake to Nicki minaj with carol g like i think it's incredible that we're seeing all of that um and all this thriving within just speaking in that language and singing in that language yeah okay so moving on to 2020 <laughs> how is the marketing affected by the pandemic in your job I think 2020 has been a, a rough year I think a lot of brands have had to like pivot strategies and you know rethink their creative and, and the way they're speaking to their consumers and as it relates to Pandora I'm not on the consumer marketing side so I can't speak to to that but I know what that meant for us on the audience marketing team was get more numbers get more insight what are people feeling these days what do they want to see in their ads what do you know what's the appropriate way to to speak in these in these moments and that was everywhere from like April to now we, we do constant check-ins and, and get that insight so we can share that back to all of our brands and clients and you know one of the biggest things was like social movements like there is gone are the days where you can put blinders on and pretend that the world isn't burning around you um and and have you know a very simple creative I think to a degree yes like you know it depends but I, I think you need to embrace what's important to you know your consumers and so people are looking for receipts people are looking at leadership teams people are looking at what they're you know coming out as a brand and that's what's making you know people really almost pledge an allegiance or, or, or support these brands and and ask also how are you supporting your employees during these times so I think all of this matters and there's this really real human moment that came from 2020 is like you know getting back to the what's really important to us as humans and and you know everything comes second I think that that's really what happened this year what is your hope for 2021 and the new reality that we have to create now <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that is a big question um <laughs> I think I think we should never go back to what was normal before yeah. the pandemic <laughs> I think we all had a lot of time to let that like sit in. So yeah, I think everything like we were talking from like social movements to what's happening on the political like like landscape, everything touches everything. Everything is interconnected to even like mental health awareness and how not only are your employees doing, but like, how are you doing? How are your, how's your family doing? How's your friends doing? I think that came from it. So I think 2021 is going to bring more of those really raw 
conversations and, and honest conversations that are so overdue. I mean, mental health is definitely one of them. I know for myself, oof, that all, you know, therapy has been the biggest blessing <laughs> in the world. Um, but I think it, it feels great to know that companies are starting to acknowledge like, hey, like we need to also make sure our employees are doing well with their mental health. I think even, you know, from TikTok creators to Instagram, like influencers, they're talking about mental health more. Artists are talking about mental health more. We have like Lele, who's had like a, a YouTube documentary about, you know, her journey and, and what's going on in the mental health space. So I think, you know, you have yourself also, Lucy, who has an amazing <laughs> out there and you're talking openly about your mental health. I think all of that is, is great. And, and, and that needs to continue forward from 2021 20, and on because we need that. We need that real bad. To share your social media? Sure. Um, so you can find me um, at, on Instagram. I think that's one of my easier handles at Claudia from New York. And it's a mix of, of content you'll get there. But sometimes um, I love to share some of the work that we do over at Pandora Music and, and the stuff that kind of gets published. Um, and then also just share my journey out here wherever I am <laughs> in the world. <laughs> And I uh, constantly talk about Latin music. And I think that the latest was the Bad Bunny concert tickets, but we talk about that another day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Trying to go in 2022. We'll see. But (laughs) before we close, I wanted to share with everyone how we met. You remember? I do. I do. Did you want to share or (laughs) or do you want me to? (laughs) You can. You can. It was a Pandora event. Yeah. Yeah. So we had um, these Pandora own events. They were called Turn It Up and we had one that was dedicated to multicultural. So we had like clients and we had um, influencers come into the space. And so having had worked with Tilly, who I mentioned earlier, um, we were worked together to direct TV activation with Music Choice. She came in from LA and she spoke on a panel with myself and Azu, who is our head of Latin artist marketing at Pandora. And we all spoke about, you know, Latin music today and what was happening. And we and we dove into those topics, which is so fun. Um, and then she introduced me to you, to Lucy. And we met at that event. And I think ever since we've been connected on like social and I've been seeing you do your thing from like your books to this podcast to music. And I love it. So thankful that you reached out for this because this is really fun to be on this podcast and an yeah. honor for sure. <laughs> yes, I have to thank Pili. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's Pili Montilla. She also has a podcast, Pili, Raúl, and La Música. You can check it out. And she came to the Pandora event. She invited me out. So it was so much fun. And I got to meet so many people, wonderful people in Pandora. And it was an amazing event and amazing music too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That was, a, that was Felix and Miguel. I think we had, that was a really fun event. And you got to see, um, <laughs> I think I did my gasolina story where I blast like the dad Yankee gasolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, because side note, like that was the song that changed my life forever because <laughs> growing up in a very not diverse Brooklyn neighborhood, it was, you know, that song that everyone's like, wait, you know Spanish? Like, can you translate that? This is such a cool song. And I was like, mm-hmm, it's finally being embraced. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we got very we got into the numbers but we got into some pretty personal fun stories yeah. out there too. So, yeah. Yes. So thank you so much for being here. Everyone that wants to follow us, our Instagram is at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. Again, at the 7 p.m. Cafe Podcast. And thank you so much. Gracias, Claudia, for your time. Oh, gracias. Oh, encantada. Bye. Bye.